What's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here by myself, um, but I'm really excited to record today. I don't think I've been this excited for a while. I've got a lot to say. So right off the bat, I want to share that it is almost RTBP's second year anniversary, and I didn't do too much to celebrate the first one. So I want to do something special. I want to do like a clip show and RTBP like best moments. So if you have any ones that you want to share, DM me on Instagram, tweet me, email me rtbppodcast.gmail.com and share what you would like to uh, relive on this anniversary podcast. As soon as I put that call out there, I knew the Brazilian wax song was going to be coming back and I really <laughs> didn't want it to, but uh, that's okay. But yeah, if you have any favorite jokes or themes that we covered or something like that, uh, let me know and I'm going to like try to edit together a clip show. It won't be like super, super crazy, maybe like 10 clips over the past two years just because you know you all know I'm so bad at editing and it's so tedious but I want to put together something special and yeah do kind of like a look back so maybe like some reactions in between I don't I don't want to get too crazy I always fucking shoot for the what's that saying shoot for the moon land amongst the stars this podcast here is the stars. <laughs> I'm always shooting for the moon and I am always missing. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about some really fun stuff. The first thing I want to talk about is Emily in Paris and then the Lauren Conrad Whitney Port reunion on Whitney's podcast. And then I put out a call for what I should talk about on this episode and Nick did a love it or hate it list with Autumn and I am here for it. And then we will end off with a new segment, which I'm not going to spoil it now. I'm going to have to wait to the end of this podcast. And then of course, this week in Petty. Okay, let's get into it. So Emily in Paris is a show on Netflix that I heard about a few months ago. I don't even know how, but... Maybe it's because I'm a really big fan of Younger and obviously Sex in the City and it's by the same creator. But basically, it was a show that came out on Friday starring Lily Collins and a bunch of gorgeous French actors. And it is literally the dreamiest show. Like, it it is my literal dream. Like, move to Paris, live like a fucking bougie French lifestyle among like the gorgeous scenery and buildings um meet a bunch of cool friends uh become an influencer on the side I think that like is a freaking b-plot of this show but Emily becomes like a Instagram influencer with like 20,000 followers and that needs to be talked about more (laughs) Um, Gabrielle, (laughs) Uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, um, like super, super important. I'm gonna obviously talk about the show, but 
I won't like spoil any like major plot lines, but Gabrielle, Emily's like neighbor down below, like fucking get real. Like nobody looks like that. Um, and literally every other man on this TV show is just like absolutely perfect. Even the douchebags are hot. Like, ugh, I guess that's just the way life is. But yeah, she is a marketing person. She moves to Paris uh, just for a year. So I'm sure that's going to come up in a later season. And yeah, it's just about kind of her time there. It's one of those TV shows that it's kind of like rom com And she's a little bit of a trope. Emily is like super optimistic, super clumsy, which obviously is just... I don't know, a lot of depiction of women on TV, I find, but it was just a really easy watch. Like, the views of Paris and the way that they filmed in amazing locations was honestly probably the best part. Sometimes I even think, like, okay, it came out on Friday. I watched, I think, six episodes, and then on Saturday morning which I never watch morning tv um I watched the other four but I was like thinking would I like it as much if it wasn't set in Paris and the answer is probably no um just because it is kind of like formulaic rom-commy things um and it's kind of like sex in the city where I think Sex in the City had more substance than Emily in Paris does, but just like how New York was basically a central character in the TV show and Paris like is as well. And they just film at all of the best places. Like they don't actually film like at the Eiffel Tower, which would probably be too much, but they film like along the Seine and in front of Pont Neuf and canal saint martin and it's just it's perfect like it's i think that her marketing agency is in place place de concord where like coco chanel's apartment was i don't quote me on that i'm just doing that from my own knowledge of paris but it's just it's dreamy and especially during core not being able to travel internationally, this has absolutely, like, scratched that itch. Even though I'm not feeling, like, satisfied, like, it makes me actually, like, die that I'm not there. And I was just trying to, like, relive every fucking moment I ever had in Paris. I just, like, it almost made me feel worse than I already do um, being stuck in Victoria. But... Ugh, it was just, it was amazing. Like, just the little things that they included that are just so, like, Parisian. Like, when Emily's ordering from a cafe and she gets a croissant and the lady wraps it up and, like, twirls it around just like they would. And there's, like, the change tray that you put your little coins in. And, like, it's just, I think really realistic to the experience I think that they rely on some like French stereotypes for sure um against like you know the American hillbilly which I'm going to get to next but it's just 
ugh, so, so good. And it's really beautifully um, produced. That brings me to my next point is that they try to play off that Lily Collins, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but she's the main character, Emily, as a la pluque, which is translated to hick in English. And it's like, get fucking real. It's Lily Collins. She is identical to Audrey Hepburn. She's in gorgeous, expensive clothing. And you're trying to like say that she's like classless. And I don't think she has that kind of like chic, um, mysterious attitude that French women like exude. But like the storyline about making her like a tacky ringard with like also my French is like lol I've not taken it since high school um my apologies um but yeah just the storyline of making her out to be some fucking like loser American like like stylless trash is just it's very unrealistic when she looks the way that she looks. And it kind of reminded me of Leia Michelle in Glee when they were trying to pa- pass her off as like the biggest nerd. And it's like, she's fucking gorgeous. Like she's stunning and you're making her like, I don't know. I just don't believe you as the nerd right now. I think the last really good thing that I want to point out about the TV show is just the actors that they chose to play the um supporting characters like Sylvie, Emily's boss and Cammy, her friend, like they're just very chic. Like it they fit them so well. Like Sylvie is like an older businesswoman and she's wearing like the sexiest skirts and like low cut tops, but it doesn't look like it fits her I don't know they just picked really really a really good cast and I really like the supporting cast wardrobe which brings me to the picky knits which (laughs) I've been watching a lot of the ringer podcast and um on the rewatchables they do like a section where they nitpick the tv show and that's basically this uh talked a lot of highlights but there are definitely some low lights like we we're just talking about clothes Emily's clothes are insane and I put this on my Instagram because I was like maybe I'm just a tacky loser who doesn't know high fashion but I don't think it does play well in the tv show either she's just wearing all of these bright colors Um, And I think, like, some of them, like, the pinks and the reds and stuff are beautiful. But a lot of times she's wearing, like, green. I just, like, don't love it for her. But it's the same stylist, I believe, is from Sex and the City. And it just makes sense. Patricia Fields, I think. Like, it's just very Carrie Bradshaw in that way of just, like, wears a thousand accessories. And, like, yes, it works on Carrie and Emily because they're fucking stunning. But you would never really see these on other people. Anyways, 
it's probably because I'm a tacky loser and I just don't get it. But let me know what you thought about Emily's clothes. And Mindy's, I don't think were that great either. She wears a lot of like side ponytails, which I hope are not coming back in style. But like Cammy's clothes, Sylvie's clothes are say magnifique. Um, the other thing is I just think there needed to be a lot more French and it was kind of disappointing to me. I've actually, this is so sad because it's only Sunday. So this is day, um, like I think this is 48 hours since it's been released, but I've, I'm on a rewatch to be honest. I'm on episode six again <laughs> and I skipped through like 90% of episode one, but, um, I think that it just needs more French and I get that it's like a really commercial TV show. Um, It's not like super niche. So they probably wanted it to be accessible for everyone. But I just hate when the French characters were alone with each other having a conversation um, and they weren't speaking any French like they weren't talking in English. Basically, if you haven't watched and you're just listening to this, Emily can't speak French so um, everyone around her has to speak English. But when the cast is by themselves, like they would naturally be speaking French. And it just kind of took me out of the realism of the show. And one of the plot points was even about everyone being annoyed that she couldn't speak French. So I just wish that when Emily wasn't there. They were speaking French. That's just the more normal thing that they would be doing. And I feel like they did this more in the first couple episodes, but really when you're getting like in the latter half of the season, they're basically speaking English all the time. And I just think it would be a lot more natural if they were speaking more French. And like part of the thrill of watching a show that's set in France but it's not like a French produced show is yeah is hearing another language at least for me it is I remember when I was studying French in high school I like tried to incorporate (laughs) like a few words into my like day-to-day life and um, people fucking hated it (laughs) I really liked that and maybe I'll bring that back but with Spanish because I'm much more fluent in Spanish now than I am or ever was in French. Also, just like a Gossip Girl reference, there is one in the TV show. I'll let you find that. But there is this lingerie brand called La Perla and it's really heavily featured in the Gossip Girl books. I don't know if it is in the TV show because I only watched season one. I know big, big, big shocker. But the way that they say it is amazing. Like it literally like caught me off guard how good it sounds in a French accent, which before I like never gave it any thought. And people probably don't care about this at all. But just the way that they said it was, ugh, it's so good. I, ugh, the whole TV show is just, I don't know, transports you to not quarantine okay some more lowlights there was like a lot of like random dick jokes that just like weren't funny like really cheap like not really I don't know funny sexual like innuendos or anything and I just wish they took those out honestly Emily is like basically I don't know why I'm laughing this is serious for real 
she's literally like workplace like harassed and it's like kind of she mentions it at one point but like she straight up is being like sexually harassed at work and it's kind of like portrayed in a light in a light way and it like isn't like there's these two co-workers who again I won't spoil anything but like draw a dick on her notebook and um I don't know it's just kind of like if this was happening happening IRL like I hope that someone would like take those complaints seriously if they were like brought to their supervisor because she like obviously was not having a good time when those like kind of practical jokes were happening but I hope people when they watch this tv show like see that for what it is not just like a funny prank but like something that's actually like serious and everyone has the right to work in a place like free of sexual harassment obviously and there was like a few like fat jokes which again is just like so cheap and so like passe that I just like don't think that they need to be included in this tv show the other thing is Emily gets famous on Instagram for taking pics of people without their consent and posting them on socials like people like on the street and I don't know just don't take pictures of people you don't know and post them on the internet like please okay another really I feel like people are gonna be like did you actually like this show no I'm like obsessed with it I'm fucking rewatching it again but the other really unrealistic thing is her like just making friends Like, girls in her late 20s, you think she's just making friends at the fucking park and the flower stand? Like, she met her friends there? Like, that is just absolutely ridiculous. Me and one of my friends today were talking about how we're going to join, like, Bumble for friends or whatever. (laughs) Like, get real. That's not happening. And if it is happening, maybe I need to, like, try harder. But I find that It's really tough to make friends in your 20s. Um, There's just way less opportunities than if you're like in high school or university. And yeah, I think that that's something I'd actually like to dig a little deeper into on this podcast. Let me know if that's something that like resonates with you or if you have a success story about meeting a friend outside of school. I would love to get some hot tips. The other thing that I want to touch on is Gabrielle's boundaries. I think he doesn't, like, respect uh, Emily's boundaries that well when she says, like, she doesn't want to see him at one point and stuff like that, which I didn't like. And then, obviously, all the stuff that went down to Cam with Cammie, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to spoil it, but obviously he's super super romanticized but and maybe I'm just like a fucking bitter old Betty but he just kind of had yeah not great boundaries or wasn't respecting Emily's boundaries and I hope in season two if there is one Gabrielle you learn to respect your friend's boundaries more the last two things I swear and I still really hope you watch this show but They smoke a lot in this TV show, which I think is very realistic to Paris. So I'm glad they kept that in. But yeah, it was just kind of shocking to me just because 
most North American produced TV and movies have taken out all of the smoking. So I was just surprised that this American produced TV show included that. But it is realistic to Paris. So I don't know. What do you think? Is that a good thing to keep? Or do you think that that's still impressionable for people that they should like pick up smoking? Because that's why they like originally stopped including it in TV shows. And then last but not least, Sylvie, like you love to hate her, but she says she's not a feminist in the TV show. And girl, we can't stand for that. Not a good look. Again, I hope in season two, you find your way to the side of feminism, (laughs) please. Anyways, I feel like I'm in one of those kind of depressive episodes where you finish a tv series and you're like fuck how am I gonna wait to the next one and what can I watch next I really am now in the mood for these like 30 minute rom-commy tv shows of women in their 20s or 30s and I want more uh do you have any suggestions I was thinking of ones that are similar and All of the ones I can think of are ones that I've already watched, like The Bold Type, Younger, obviously Sex in the City, uh, even Young and Hungry, even though that was kind of of a shitty one. But yeah, if you can think of any rom-com-y, teen, young adult, 20s, 30s TV show, I was like trying to Google it and there's not really a good website for that. So if you need a new side hustle maybe creating a website like that I was really surprised that one didn't exist or a good one didn't exist at least anyways enough Emily in Paris even though after I'm done recording this I'm gonna go watch more (laughs) I'm like literally laughing at myself because I'm so embarrassed I fall into these rabbit holes so easily like this was me with Twilight this was me with Outlander like what TV shows next? I feel like when I finish one like this, I have to like dive into all of their other like YouTube content and listen to the soundtrack. And it's going to be a long time until I get new episodes. So I'm feeling I'm feeling the pain already. If you binged Emily in Paris this weekend, let me know what you think of it. I would love to hear it. Anyways, I wanted to talk about the episode of With Wit, Whitney Port's podcast that she did with Lauren Conrad this week. There was a part one and a part two. I was pretty disappointed, to be honest. I didn't feel like it was super, super juicy. And maybe that's what makes Laguna Beach and the Hills content from the people that we actually want to hear about, which would be Lauren and Kristen so elusive because they don't talk about it to the extent like Heidi and Spencer does Brody does now Whitney does like all of those kind of secondary characters but I want to hear more from Lauren but she's just so surface level and so polished and just keeps it so superficial which is obviously her right to do she obviously kind of shared on the podcast that she was really impacted by the show and really just wanted to take a step back from it and from reality TV. But I want to know more so badly. I was really surprised by the interview at how, not awkward, but like it really almost felt like two strangers. Like 
not two strangers necessarily, but like it was like, okay, these people for sure haven't talked in like several years, which was really surprising to me because Lauren said even though she wanted to step back from a lot of the cast because there was like drama or hurt or pain from shooting she never had any storylines with Whitney that were that were dramatic so I was quite surprised that Whitney wasn't one of the people that she stayed in in touch with like obviously I completely get Heidi but yeah I don't know they never had drama they were workplace colleagues and I'm just super 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 surprised that they didn't stay in touch I don't even think that Whitney went to Lauren's wedding and they were talking about the birth of their kids and like they knew nothing about each other and I was just super surprised that even after taking a little bit of a break that they didn't reconnect because yeah I always thought that they had a good relationship and they said that there was no beef really they just kind of floated apart but I would think that that is a person that you would want to stay close with because you shared this really different experience that not a lot of people have. And I don't know. I just feel like Whitney would be such a good friend to have. So it was just kind of weird. I'm still like, honestly, to be honest, on the fence if I like Lauren or not. Like, obviously, I like her as a person, but... I just found when I was rewatching a few Laguna episodes, like she seems super kind of like righteous or like above other people or like gives off that air. Um, I don't know. I just feel like she always was kind of friend shaming her other friends that had like boy drama and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just I want to know more. But she she does keep those walls up. So the podcast episode felt nostalgic, but honestly, not really, because they didn't really give kind of the content that we would be hoping for. The behind the scenes, you know, juicy details, like what happened afterwards, or I don't know, just like what it was like filming, or they basically didn't share anything that we would want to know. But Whitney does a lot on her YouTube channel. Her husband is actually a producer from The City, which was her spinoff TV show, and they did a rewatch of both of those seasons, and they gave such great insight about, like, what was picked up, like, um, which means, like, filmed afterwards and edited in, what was kind of staged or set up, why certain things happened, why storylines were the way that they were. I learned a lot about the city and reality TV and it did feel like it was giving me the nostalgia I really needed. Her and her husband also have such a great relationship. Like it's literally so cute and so nice and it's just really nice to watch. Like it feels like they really are just hanging out with you in their living room as creepy as that sounds and they like always do lives like literally once or twice a week. And it's basically you just hanging out with them. And that's been something I've really been enjoying during quarantine. They are doing The Hills next. And I'm so, so excited to see what they have to say about that. Because I watched The City, but obviously The Hills is like the OG TV show. In their podcast together, Whitney also 
said that they were pitched a Big Brother style (laughs) taping of the hills, which is so wild to me because as most of you probably know, I love Big Brother as well. But basically, season two, I believe, of the reboot of the hills, their filming got cut short due to COVID. So I guess producers were pitching that they could buy a house and have it play out there. Um, I think the verdict was that they shut that down because it just strayed too far away from what the actual TV show was. But I think that's so, so, so wild. As much as I would want that to happen, I, I agree that it's just way too fake. Like, you know that the shows are set up and then just to put them in one house like Jersey Shore style just seems so, so, so awful. Because like we know that also now that they're not all like best friends, like they are acquaintances and they film the TV show, but it's not like in the original series where like at least we thought they were all like just a group of friends in LA and we were following along. One last thing about some Laguna and Hills news is Stephen, Lauren Conrad, and Dieter, and one other guy. <laughs> I literally tried to look it up. It's not Talon. I like can't remember someone from Laguna. That's so awful. So sorry. I'm Kiki Palma right now. I don't know who this man is. Sorry to this man, <laughs> but I couldn't even find out who it was. But three dudes and Lauren from Laguna did a like video chat um, encouraging people to register to vote. And if they got 500 people to register to vote with the website that they were partnering with, they are going to do an official Laguna Beach reunion. So I am so, so, so excited. And I really hope that they can make that number because I feel like we don't get that as much nowadays or... The reunions that we really, really want. I think the Hills reboot, oh, we wanted it so bad and it just kind of fell flat. It wasn't what we we had envisioned. So oh, it would just be so cool to see all of those people together. Anyways, this quarantine, I've been really getting back into Laguna in the Hills and it's been great. Anyways, fall is officially here and I am all for it. This is my love it or hate it list, fall edition. Right now in Victoria, it is literally so beautiful. There are leaves everywhere with all of the beautiful trees here. And they're changing colors like orange, red, yellow. Y'all know how leaves change in the fall, but it's just so beautiful. And it's like before that yucky time where they get all gross on the ground where it just looks like a perfect Hallmark movie or like a set from the Gilmore Girls stars hollow. Like it's just so beautiful. And I'm definitely not a PSL girl, but I am a salted caramel mocha girl, an SCM girl. And I just need like two a season, but they are definitely my favorite Starbucks like seasonal beverage. Tied probably with Peppy Moe's. They're just so delicious. And if you haven't tried one, please go and pick one up like ASAP while you're listening to this, preferably. 
We also have this really cool corn maze and we have tons of pumpkin patches in Victoria. And I don't know if any of them are going to open with COVID, but I truly hope so because it's always super fun to like, you know, carve a pumpkin. We have this drive around this mountain called Mount Doug and there's all of these like logs along the road and after Halloween, everyone will bring their pumpkin and put it along the logs and it looks so cool and I love going on that drive like November 1st, November 2nd and seeing all the pumpkins displayed out there. I also for some reason like obviously I love 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 Halloween but I love Halloween candy and it's like it's all the same shit you can get every year but for some reason just around Halloween like it seems extra good and I just like love the mini size and eating like a thousand of them. Ugh, I cannot wait for Halloween this year. It's like the first one that I might be like I don't know if I'll dress up just because it's obviously such a different year this year and I was thinking like what could I wear on my Zoom calls or something at work, which is so sad. Like, you know, when people come to work and it's just like a little headband (laughs) or like a little pumpkin like sweater or something. I feel like that'll be me this year. And it's really, really sad because I fucking love Halloween costumes. Fun fact, RTBB's first episode was about celebrity Halloween costumes. And next week is Thanksgiving and I'm so 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 excited to just like have the biggest best family made feast Ugh, it's all the good food just like a day of cooking with such good smells and fun and uh I just cannot wait I think that there are a few people that don't like Thanksgiving food but like how can you not there's something for literally everyone Now the things that I hate because let's be real, those are the things that we really want to talk about. I hate everything scary. I hate haunted houses. I hate when like things jump out at you. I don't even like, I hate like masks and like people wearing masks and even just like witches or skeletons or like fucking ghouls on people's yards like. I just really, really hate that. I'm just such a baby. And as you all know, I hate tacky celeb Halloween costumes because you have the money, you have access to like people who can sew and purchase beautiful fabrics and creative teams. So there's no reason you need a Party City costume. I also hate football. (laughs) It's not super big here, but like I just don't want to hear about it or see it or or interact with it in any way and then the last thing I hate is just impending winter like we know winter is coming haha and it's just a scary thought but I'm armed with my vitamin d my hot yoga and my sad lamp so (laughs) this winter I'm gonna thrive okay I teased at the top of the episode that we have a new segment and it's gonna be called petty weight champion of the week And this week, we had a nomination from Nicole. It's Claudia Conway. Claudia is the perfect person to be the first pettyweight champion because she is the epitome of a 2020 icon. 
if you don't know who she is, A, shame on you. B, she's Kellyanne Conway's daughter and she's a liberal icon. She has been talking shit about her mom and her parents and Trump and the Republican Party for months now. But the topping on the Sunday, <laughs> I'm thinking of icing on the cake or cherry. I don't know. Whatever. The icing on the cake was her revealing that her mom had COVID on TikTok. It's just chef's kiss, the most perfect 2020 thing to ever happen. I honestly think it's the best TikTok reveal since Mason announced that Tyga and Kylie were broken up or back together. I can't quite remember, but she released like a series where she's like, weird, my mom's been like coughing all around the house. And then like just a few other things about how Trump tested positive and Hope Hicks, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, my mom has COVID in one of her TikToks. It was absolutely wild. She's honestly doing the work. Like, I have to admit, I'm super impressed with her. She's 15. She's very eloquent. And I feel like a lot of people just follow in their parents' footsteps politically. And I love to see that she's formed her own thoughts. And they are great thoughts. She supports Black Lives Matter. She's all about equity. She's all about LGBTQ rights. Like, it's everything you hope for in our youth. And I love that she is sharing that and control her mom. <laughs> like, that's also obviously a good part of it. But I just love that she's sharing that with the world. And I remember one time she got like grounded and her phone was like taken away and she was off for two weeks. But I'm so glad that she's back and I'm here for more Claudia Conway content. Anyways, if you have nominees for next week's Pettyweight Champion of the Week, like I said, DM me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and let me know. Okay, finally, it's This Week in Petty. Honestly, it's a little one, but it's really a seed to like a larger problem. <laughs> but <laughs> this week I was driving and a cyclist like did like a right hand turn signal. And honestly, at first I thought it was left hand, but they definitely turned right. But like, you know how you stick your hand up when you're on a bike? And like, I don't even know who does that anymore. But like, and you like manually signal that you're turning right. Someone did that the other day and I waved at them because I thought they were waving at me. And like, I'm just, what I'm petty about is that this is just a fucking reoccurring story for me. Like, honestly, I just like, one time someone had their hand out and I shook it and I didn't want a handshake. And like, remember that time that I took somebody's Starbucks? Like, it's just enough is enough. I'm so embarrassing. Like, I'm I'm embarrassing. <laughs> Whatever that TikTok is. I just, maybe I'm Emily in Paris. Maybe I'm the trope of the clumsy yet optimistic girl. But I just feel like I constantly embarrass myself with those things. Ugh. 
And I'm just one of those people that like right before you go to bed, like right when you wake up in the morning, it's just like, let's just recall every embarrassing thing that you've ever done ever in your life and then think about it for a very, very, very long time. So that's what I'll be thinking about tonight before I go to bed. (laughs) Anyways, it's been a slice. And if you've been around for a while, send me your favorite RTBP bit and I'll put it together for the clip show. I want to share who nominated them. So yeah. So let me know what one of your favorite bits was. Anyways, I hope that you and your family are healthy and well. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.